for 2016. Oh my gosh, yeah. Happy New Year, belated New Year. Yeah, Happy very belated. <laughs> but, it's yeah. February 20-something, 21st? 21st. Well, this is, it is the date when this podcast comes out. Right. Hopefully now. within February. Yes. Um, and it's been yeah. a while. We've tried some the new... video, this is the video game hour. Yeah, we were trying some new formats, right? Yeah. We did the beginner's hour, mm-hmm. uh, which you talked us through or showed me uh, how to Bloodborne. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I needed that. Uh, and then we just did our first Twitch as well, uh, which right. I think is still archived until we record the next one or something. Or will it, it has always a certain be time available? limit. Yeah. But it'll uh, be around. Yeah. But Video Game Hour, also, we tried just a Twitch. Of uh, The Witness, of which the we will Witness. be talk- talking about later, discussing yeah. in further detail. But yeah, we play- we Twitched our first uh, hour or two hours into the game. Yeah, and we yeah. thought it might be interesting to yeah like show us starting a game together and then take some real time, digest it, and then come back out with a podcast episode that fully dissects it um, yeah. to the best of our ability. I, Absolutely. Because you haven't beaten it, right? No. Neither have I. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty far along, but we'll get to that in a bit. Absolutely. Yusef, what have you been playing in this in all of this time in since we many last podcasted? Over the cold winter, cold, sometimes yeah. very warm winter. Oh, yeah, right. Very fucking weird winter. Very weird winter. Yeah. Um, but it's had a good enough time to uh, play some games. So I, the first one I wanted to talk about was The Division because they, they released an open beta <clears throat> over this weekend. So I was like, you know, I'll check it out. You know, I'll download it, see what it's like. Because it's something that interests me because it mimics a lot of the mechanics of Destiny, which is a game I've played mm-hmm. a, a, good am- a good amount of and enjoyed as well. <clears throat> and it kind of, and that, those mechanics are basically an uh, online multiplayer game that still focuses on an MMO type uh, player versus the world or versus enemy ai yeah player versus um, and then with the cooperation of, of his or her friends okay. so that's what you're doing in the division and it's, it's a shooting game right it's a shooting game shooting which stuff. which which is where you know the comparisons to destiny oh, okay. stand up you know it's, it's basically the, a shooter's take on an open world mmo uh type game so you kind of it's set in new york holla yes about after, not <laughs> uh, i mean holla in a certain way i mean it's <laughs> it's you know, a, a partial holla. <laughs> holla. <laughs> um, but it's like set after this cataclysmic event, of course, because you can't set a video game in a world where people are normal and right. living their normal lives because then you can't shoot people. No conflict. Uh, yeah. yeah. And even here, you know, the shooting of people is very troubling. Uh, the, the, uh, the gameplay is, is, is fun. It, you know, it's kind of what you'd expect for a cover shooter along the lines of an uncharted or a um even gears of war, gears of war. uh that style where you know you see the ch- the chest high barricades you hide behind them you try and take pot shots without getting hit yep. move to another one flank them and then it's, it's definitely improved by the multiplayer aspects of it mm-hmm. like uh when I, I was able to join just even a random group it was really fun even though like you couldn't really we didn't even communicate at all oh no chat no voice chat there was i don't think it was voice chat i don't really look that hard oh, for yeah, voice yeah, chat yeah. but in, i think you have to it's probably not ready for this point but it, it was totally fine because like there's not really complicated objectives the objectives are get through this area kill everybody in front of you and then yeah. um, continue moving and like you kind of flank where the other guy isn't like you just make sure you've it's kind of natural to find like flanking positions and yeah. and ways to approach the scene like so it's like not probably when it gets more challenging and like the missions become more like you know intricate and m- multiple strategies are required it might require some talking but for the purposes of the beta it was Actually, pretty fun. Cool. And from the outside looking in, it kind of was incredible because when you mentioned that you started playing The Division, I was like, oh, right, like that game that everyone can't stop talking about. (laughs) I don't know what, like, and maybe you can explain this to me, like, is the pedigree of the development team, like, really great? Like, are people excited about this for that reason? Or do they just have, like, the best PR team ever? Because, like, all of a sudden, from nowhere, Mm -hmm. like, late 2015, I started hearing, like, oh, The Division beta, it's finally da-da-da. Like, yeah. the temper, the, the temperature around the game seems to be very excited. And yet, when you describe it to me, it's like, it sounds like, you know, another, like, a, well, a, a well-made, but, like, nothing remarkable, right? Like, nothing, like, changed sure. the world. Yeah. So is it, like, is there a famous developer attached to it, or was it just, like, really um, a good PR team? Like, I'm actually not sure who the developer... I mean, it's it's under Ubisoft. Okay. Um, so probably some internal development team. Yeah. I'm not sure what they've worked on before. I but, think that... I mean, like... So maybe just I think hype it was, train? It was the... It was a, it's, an, it's an old hype train for sure. I mean, because the game was announced, like, years ago. Oh, maybe when it was originally it was. announced. Maybe, like, two or three years ago. Mm. But at E3 before an E3, like... It's been in development for a long time. Oh, wow. And I think okay. it was also, like, pushed back just because of the probably the the 
size they wanted to pull off for this game. So yeah, it's probably just a, I think it was just an old hype train that kind of like had its roots already there. And then when the beta started coming out, people were like talking oh, yeah. about it again. Remember that hype train? Yeah, exactly. Zombie hype train back I mean, again. and the E3 demo was pretty impressive. Like you, I mean, even more so at the time that, I mean, now a lot of stuff has caught up, but like just the graphics are really, really nice. Like oh, okay. the presentation is really nice. Like, nice. It, like the art stuff, like it's kind of this photoreal style, art style, but it's impressive in, in kind of a lot of the the extra elements like you know when when a, like in the demo they showed years ago like you see bullets like hitting a, a car in front of you and actively deforming it oh, and cool. you know breaking off a rear view mirror and like hitting glass like it's not like kind of hap- it's happening in like very like procedurally generally. yeah like in very like yeah live tassels. live ways yeah, yeah. and so, is that still did that make it through it makes it through it but the thing is like it's i feel like a lot of games have kind of already established yeah. that and even like games like Destiny are like some of some of the most beautiful games that are on the PS4 right now. And so like, it, it's a, it's among like good company like that's already kind of cleared a lot of the way in terms of like I think when when because when the division was announced, I think the PS4 had was only a year old maybe. Wow, so maybe that's what it is. Yeah, like, yeah. For me, it for me, someone who doesn't really care that much about the shooter yeah. genre or follow it very closely, mm-hmm. like it, it was just like a thunderclap, and all of a sudden like the blogosphere cannot stop talking about mm-hmm. the division. So yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just the fact that we've been waiting for it for a few years. Yeah, I think it's just like, yeah. this is a game. I mean, and, and something that is always very popular is an open-world game that that allows you to play for an extended period of time yeah. and allows you to play with your friends and has, you know, perfectly satisfying, adequate shooting, but then has an RPG structure. So it's like a lot of the, the elements of a successful AAA game, you know, that will just succeed whether or not anything, any other part of it is, is good or totally. not. So, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, so it was, it's definitely perfectly serviceable. Like the one thing I wanted to bring up about it, and I've only played it for a few hours, obviously, because it's a beta and it's very short. It's more like a demo than mm-hmm. a beta. Like, you know, it's coming out in a few weeks, so it's not really a beta. It's probably like a server load beta. Yeah, 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 but exactly. it's one of those things where at the end of, end of the beta, they're like, do you want to buy the game now? Like, That's <laughs> a demo. Yeah. You're just giving me a demo right now. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think you would buy, actually buy and commit to the game? Like, knowing what you um, know right now? Potentially. I think, like... Because uh, I have like people I still play Destiny with, and mm-hmm. they've expressed interest in the game. So like you know, I think its team play elements could be really interesting. And there are interesting elements of it, like um, aspects of the of the game itself, which I didn't get to explore. But there's a dark zone, which reminds me a lot of um, the online play for Red Dead Redemption. Oh, interesting. Which is this area of the map that is like kind of. I think it exists in WoW as well, where it's like anybody can attack anybody else. Oh, yeah. Kind totally. of a PvP, yeah, area. PvP area. But it also, like, has better rewards. So you go in there, and if you, like, kind of... You, when you kill AI in that area, they'll drop, like, better items and better weapons. So there's, like, a risk-reward thing. Totally. So you, if you, like, roll through there with your crew, then, like, it's probably, like, really interesting. Because, like, the stakes are really high. Like, other good players can, like, attack you. Oh, yeah. And it totally. has, like, kind of, like a, like, a... It has just that fun, like, kind of Wild West, like... Uh, sensibility that Red Dead Redemption has. It's the has. purge, man. It's the purge. Yeah, where like a guy rolls up and you don't know if he's good or bad, and yeah. then like maybe he's good and you kind of hang out for a bit, but then he like turns around and shoots you for your <laughs> items, like, and you're just like, I trusted you. <laughs> you so it has a little bit of that like weird like online tension, libertarian uh, online play tension. Yeah, every man for himself. So that seems kind of interesting, and yeah, I think the uh, the the actual setting I, I find a little weird, like. Hmm. What I wanted to talk about was how Destiny um, translates into other settings because, like, it's very clear that they've like studied, uh, the studied Destiny and, or maybe just came from the same place where they're like, you know, it's people like RPG style leveling up your character, putting more gear on them and weapons, but, uh, and they also like um, the multiplayer aspect, but then when you kind of take it and transform it from like, high sci-fi like shooting glowing uh aliens like kind of halo style where it's kind of removed from any kind of real life context and then and then kind of transplanted into a new setting york city. yeah new york city you know you're basically playing like this draconian <laughs> military force that kind of sweeps in the, the jtf like the joint task force or something um you sweep in and you kind of you're you're taking back the city and you're just shooting uh, looters and, oh, no. and uh, rioters. You're shooting New Yorkers. You're shooting New Yorkers, like people. No, 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 man. Who have... Nah, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, who have, like... <laughs> Fuck that game, yo! Uninstall. Where's your computer? <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. Uh uh-uh. uh 
I bet the pizza isn't even We're sitting re- here legit in Bronx shooting <laughs> New Yorkers in a video game. Yeah. How could we, man? Yeah, in, okay. t- in 2016, <laughs> this year. But I, I, there was a really cool article about it I'll post in the show notes about uh, that was written in Kill Screen, actually. On the, oh, cool. um, Shout outs. The Daily uh, by, I think, Michelle Ehrenhart. Or Michelle Ehrenhart. Sweet. What's up, Michelle? Um, and it was, she had gone to a preview session and. It was really weird because one of those like kind of big budget, obviously Ubisoft preview sessions. Yeah, they have crazy parties. Those moments. Um, they have like a, a police car like crashed into like a, a, a lamp post and it's smoking and like different oh, like man. like it, it's like you're at like the 9/11 exhibit. Like, oh man, kind of set up. It conjures and that, 9/11. It absolutely. Does. I mean, more at least than, more than current like police brutality kind of because like, like right now, I mean, in yeah. America, we're really finally i mean i think that's, that's an aspect hopefully of it. a lasting dialogue about yes. like police brutality right that's an aspect of it color. as well um but no but you're saying it more plays on the 9-11 well that's what she was talking about in this article specifically she was she was saying like this is really conscious 9-11 for me and then she was in an interview with one of the lead designers and she was like you know i mean in the game the the, the apocalypse is caused by kind of an anthrax style oh, like chemical, um, attack? chemical uh, attack that mm. people like put on the money or put on dollars and and uh, and printed money and like then it, tra- it travels that way and then like it kind of decimates Anti, a lot of the city. Anti-capitalist chemical. And then terrorism. yeah, she brings up all this stuff and then the lead designer is just like, no, like we didn't think about any of this. Like we didn't think about this. Is the well, first time I've heard about the nine eleven connection. Oh come on, really? Yeah, Fuck. that's what he said. What? I mean, this is probably something that's been rehearsed. Yeah, um, sure. And sure. Then, like, because you know, you don't, you don't want to start making like these like sweeping political. Um, claims that you might or at least or even granting ground to political interpretations of the game when it's at a press event but it's like it still it comes off really really poorly on their yeah, part because certainly they basically have this their 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 line for the entire interview is like no it's just like it's a game it's there's no um we're not trying to make, make a message well, about Yousef, it Yusuf, whether whether in the game genre or film genre or music or mm-hmm. right being a being a human in the Western world today, I don't think it's possible to do the, like, didn't think about it argument. I mm. mean, I, I feel like mm. an event such as 9-11 has been so deeply projected and explored through the... And we're not done processing the horror of it, but, like, I almost feel like it's a part of the tapestry of, rea- of like, reality. Absolutely. Like, so even Everything if they're not... Context, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, even if they're not actively basing the beats of the game's fiction upon the 9-11 attacks... I think it's impossible for for a creator and an auteur in the world today to say that they haven't somehow been affected by it, right? Yeah. Like that it isn't a part of the sort of panoply of ideas that might be swimming un, under the surface in their mind. It's a part of the subconscious. It's certainly part under, of the aesthetic that they're using, right? Right? Yeah. So like, <laughs> so yeah, it's like you you're taking the God, it's such damn. a game thing to take the aesthetic of of these world changing changing events right. without really following the um, or really. Paying any heed to the uh, historical context yeah, it's not of, like of every the aesthetic, yeah. Contemporary like Japanese filmmaker that makes a kaiju film is like it's definitely still about Hiroshima, but like yeah. it's in there. It's when, in the DNA. Yeah, when people bring it up, they're like, yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, in the DNA. Yeah, like, it's really interesting, and yeah, and like I, so that, I like deny his denial. I'm just like, absolutely. no, no way. Like if, you, ha- you were affected by this moment. Damn it! Stop yeah. shooting New Yorkers. Yeah, <laughs> and just like yeah, the the. The rider aspect is just like you know that's a whole other uh, wrinkle in it, where it's like, who are these riders? Right. People Why that obviously they didn't this? use anthrax money. Right? Yeah. So maybe yeah. they were the world's poor already, and now they're sure. just trying to survive. I mean, I don't know. Trying I mean, to take a fiction like that out to its logical conclusion is always and it, yeah, and it's all and, and 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 it's something that ties into like how games in general have this problem, where it's kind of this most games are this imperialistic. Uh, conceit where you are you the player are trying to uh cast this hegemony into everything yeah, else like exactly. you are you're squishing these little problems which are people's entire lives and existences to kind of feed your your xp hunger yeah <laughs> like to to feed your own character's yeah. trajectory so like the, i mean and it's totally the case in destiny where like you're just killing aliens like it's like you know they're fucking you know it's little going out of style. little uh yeah I guess going out of style, like they're, like they're hotcakes, they're <laughs> eating up real fast, and you know that's. But it's like it's less. It becomes like yeah, it just becomes more of a a a defining like problem when it's like not so abstracted into because yeah. you're in New York. Into, yeah, when when it's like you're trying, you're re- you're writing a whole narrative, or you're, you're creating a whole narrative that justifies um, just killing looters, but yeah. you know, so it's like. 
yeah i mean and beyonce just released formation which is all about new orleans which had its own like history uh, during after the hurricane of just police just killing uh people who are looting like uh and without really much um uh, without really a a conclusion to that or a, a exactly. kind of a response yeah for anybody or yeah. any of the prisoners that were left to drown in their cells like, absolutely it's it's the the that's why i was asking if it feels like there were notes of like you know police brutality messaging and that well it was more that police car being yeah. smashed but at the same time yeah like as i was saying before like i hope that that debate stays at the forefront and bringing up formation is so funny too because even though it's not a game right now it's like that feeling of like it's reached the beyonce level of public debate yeah and it like yeah it's just stacking and that's yeah. it's wonderful it's it gives it gives hope but there was always this for me as a fan of like killer mike and kendrick lamar mm-hmm. like as hip-hop and i love beyonce as well beyonce yeah. is amazing it's mm-hmm. just like it's almost funny to see that it's the cause and the messaging and the conversation has grown to the point where like even beyonce yeah. has to yeah. put her hat in yeah or put her put her um it's definitely an indication of, yeah uh, and you're like yeah where the conversation is at. She's Michael Jackson level like yeah. for pop music today, so it makes sense that she would have kind of not the hopefully not the last statement, mm-hmm. right? But like the biggest splash. Yeah. Like Beyonce's formation video. I'm sorry, we're going off video. No, it's, it's like the formation video. It all like, matters. It all affects to it. me. Yeah. Like as a as a mainly white person in America, I'm, I'm like Armenian minority, like whatever. But I still have all the benefits of like yeah. whiter skin, mm-hmm. right? So for me, my response to that, again, being very sensitive to, like, race and all sorts of disparities of justice that have been going on in this country, like, I looked at the video and I was like, come on, Beyonce, like, you could go harder. Like, it was good, but I was like, you can go deeper. Mm Because, like, in the same, well, in last year, when you're looking at videos like Kendrick Lamar's All Right, uh, like, Killer Mike and um, LP Run the Jewels, Mm -hmm. they did this um, Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck video, Mm -hmm. and, like, all these really, like, visceral videos about, like, the relationship of police brutality race like all these things yeah. so but sorry this was a total tangent just to be like <laughs> i'm so glad formation came out yeah. and i so wish beyonce would even go even further mm. i wish beyonce was like we are the black panthers like join me now like let's do this like we're starting like again. we're just doing it again like let's go <laughs> like i i feel like it's it's incumbent of a person of her like influence yeah. to like carry that banner so i'm glad she's like i still think saying it's, ladies it's, jump it's, in formation it's like it's so, so good and te- it's so incredible that you know she was able to like you know march out know, like the super bowl man black panthers and super bowl which is like nfl is such a fraught yes. um you know place for for race politics you know with like for race politics and especially that that politics. super bowl too you yeah. know with like um cam newton and like oh, all, God, all yeah. the the racialized language that kind of surrounds like how people just talk about him yeah so it was just like really like it was a pretty pivotal moment I think in the yeah. conversation. So no yeah. net net positive for sure. Yeah. I'm glad Beyonce did. And something. meanwhile, you know, we're playing video games where we're in post nine eleven New York. Yeah. Except that none of it matters <laughs> and just play the game and shut up and enjoy the, yourself. Yeah. You know, shoot the shoot the looters, man. Get, get the XP, get the points, yeah. and you hit, get the, the headshots and continue. Yeah, uh, nothing has changed. It is an incredible <laughs> thing to think about. Your personal character's growth is based upon the violence against the poor, basically. Like your Absolutely. XP yeah. is drawn from murdering looters. Yeah. Who are surviving in new york and god damn it without comment i mean we'll see how the game goes like you know the interpretations can be driven or yeah, there's no that, like but... peel back the curtain now i'm working for the bad guy kind of shit that you it doesn't see. seem that way wow <laughs> wow all right cool yeah. first game you've been playing and how about you uh i think on the opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> i've been playing a bunch of this game called puzzle and monsters or mm-hmm. puzzle and dragons yes puzzles and dragons it's a 3ds game and it's a bundle of an existing Japanese game called Puzzles and Dragons and a new version of that game, same engine, that mm-hmm. has basically a Mario and Luigi rap wrapper on it, graphical and thematic wrapper on it. And the game basically is a match-three puzzler game, mm. but that action of uh, arranging gems on the lower screen of the 3DS uh, will basically, instead of giving you a point value, will give the, your, the points that you get from stacking gems will combine to basically be become like hit points of damage that you're doing to enemies on the top screen so you're mm-hmm. moving through these very simple levels which are sequences of these you know match three puzzle games um the match three puzzle sequence works a little bit or the mechanic works a little bit differently from like playing candy crush or whatever i, I haven't really played candy crush but like the latest version but in match three games you're trying to slide one piece uh in one of the four cardinal directions around it like you can move you can slide select a piece and slide it up or slide it to the right slide it to the down or slide it to the left and it will be switched with whatever gem is in the position that you're moving it into right like yeah. a basic map 
But in this game, you're using a 3DS stylus on the lower screen. You can actually pick up a gem and move it anywhere in the grid, which you can like basically disrupt the entire flow of the mm. whole board and pick up like a red gem from the top left position and move it all the way down to the bottom right position if you were ordered. It seems like it almost breaks the game. It kind of does. Or, or <clears throat> it, it, it doesn't really break the game, but it creates <clears throat> a new game. Mm. Uh, and it's beyond a match three game because now you're trying to get like rows of six and you have this opportunity where the minute you put your stylus down on a gem and begin moving it off its space, a counter starts running down. Mm. So you still have a limited time. Mm. Usually it's something like five to six seconds. So the game gives you absolutely no limit on time to plan your move. So you'll, yeah. it's like a match three game, but like kind of the thinking man's match three game, yeah. right? Like the strategy element, strat yeah, yeah. sort of strategic element, which is really cool for the first like six hours. But then you're like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm just playing a match three game, and like I think my brain and my like player preferences just like gets bored of that eventually. Hmm. Like it's fun, it's fun. To, it's only fun on the subway, hmm. and that's that's a critical remark. Like, that's bad. It's not good yeah. enough. Like, there's a lot of portable games that, of course, are great fun in commute, but I will play outside of my commute. I'll, like, set time aside to play them. This is not one of those. So I've, like, tried to create a deeper meaning or a deeper way of uh, enjoying the game outside of just, like, it kills time. But I think, for me, anyway, it's a time waster. Um, there's, like, a whole RPG system behind it. You can, like, mm -hmm. level up the individual colors of like the power or damage that you'll do for each like color or like mm -hmm. element of gem that you have available um and there's like the three there's like fire water grass there's light and dark uh five total gem and then there's a heart gem for yeah. replenishing your hp but and and a lot of depth can come from those systems yeah. it's just like not very interesting or compelling is there like a narrative in the there game like is. A there's narrative? a narrative and it's actually very very funny if there mm -hmm. were one thing that would keep me playing the game mm -hmm. it's that when I slow down enough in between levels to actually read what's happening mm -hmm. um, it is a pretty standard trope of the Pokemon trainer mm -hmm. it's like that. that's the narrative it's like you're this guy who was really good at taming gem monsters mm. and you can collect them all and level them all up yay mm -hmm. story bad guys you gotta go fight them mm. but along the way the big boss bad guy that has been revealed thus far his name is Dogma mm. and you're like oh okay I get you like mm. you're like this fanatical leader Dogma and all of his basically all the dialogue is hilarious and there was this one great example where you're like Dogma shows up to fight you and it's like you're way under leveled so it's like a fight that the game basically tells you you know you're gonna lose hmm. and as the killing blow is about to come down on you dogma's like about to strike you you see this like slash of light and basically like the power rangers show up but like slightly altered so they don't look like the power rangers <laughs> but they're the power rangers and they're like we're the logical five so it's like logic versus dogma oh, wow. so it's just cleverly enough written yeah that i'm yeah, like yeah. oh this is great this is like very interesting yeah and like all of the characters have very well defined totally not plot related motivations yeah and that's funny that's really as well cool. yeah um so there's just this whole like kind of like, when, I, like when, I like when a writer is like go beyond what is necessary for the plot to be like to work like yeah. where they're just like you know what i'm like i'm gonna have fun with this character like as, as opposed to just like i'm gonna give you enough impetus to move these gems around like, yeah i'm also just gonna like write this whole other story because i like I like writing, you yeah, know. Like exactly. when you're taking pleasure in, yeah, and like in who this character it. is. Yeah. Like, there's these two twins who are like bad guys, like Finn and Foom or something like that. I can't remember their names, but um, they're hilarious. Like they they have an internal. They're twin brothers. They have an internal conflict and competition within them that they're always fighting about. Mm. And the game's writers have had a really fun time with like just having them be self motivated. Mm -hmm. And when your character just happens to show up they'll fight you mm -hmm. as a way to settle their debate. Like, nice. whoever does more damage to Tavi, like, it wins. It's like dogs and cat. It's like way funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah, doing yeah. it justice. No, it's great. It's actually quite well written. Um, so that would be the silver lining. Mm -hmm. uh, the gameplay, you know, it's a great time killer, and mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying slowing down and reading some of the, the writing, and it's, it's quite good. Mm. But otherwise, I, I honestly, like, wouldn't recommend it unless you love those match three games because oh, for... you have really long subway rides oh yeah you have really long subway rides <laughs> yeah. as you live on the subway yeah. um, because it if you like that core gameplay mechanic mm -hmm. you're really into it like it's like the better it's like the video gamers like like core video game players like mm -hmm. Candy Crush Saga yeah I'd recommend. and you know some, some people do play and many people play yeah. those games like 
explicit or like specifically. Oh yeah, they love that mechanic. And like if you love that play. mechanic, this is the deepest yeah. iteration of that mechanic that I've ever played. I wonder though if like the kind of people who would play like Candy Crush or Bejeweled like would be turned off by the extra layers of the game, where it's like this is an RPG, a Japanese RPG, yeah. and they're like, what the fuck is this? Exactly. Like, you well, know? It would be interesting to see someone who's not uh, into video games try to explore the plot because just mm-hmm. as I said earlier, like the characters in the plot are not really motivated by it mm-hmm. except for dogma who's like i'm gonna destroy the world and sure. you who's like are your assistant this like pixie fairy thing that's like we're gonna save it mm-hmm. other than those two characters everyone else is kind of dragged along yeah. by the existing fourth wall breaking knowledge of basically like the standard jrpg mm-hmm. world world's end save the world mm-hmm. tropes right and all the characters don't even need to acknowledge it i think because they respect the player enough to know that you've experienced a plot like this before yeah which is why all the characters can kind of operate and 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 motivate with impunity without ever dealing with or having to have a relationship directly with the plot yeah and it would be interesting yeah if a candy crush soccer person came and was like why are these people arguing about waffles versus pancakes <laughs> and why are they fighting me because of waffles versus pancakes mm-hmm. like what the fuck is going on yeah. yeah it might be really interesting in fact yeah. it'd be a great great test to put it in front of some non yeah, or somebody who's like, I'm all about Candy Crush. And then just <laughs> what like is this? put that in front of them. And then, you know, is it, is it on iOS? or is It only... is now on iOS. Huh. They just released a version mm. on iOS. Huh. So yeah, maybe those Candy Crush players will dip their toe a little deeper. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Yeah. So yeah, if you're out there and you, if you love Candy Crush and you're not really sure where to go other than like with that same mechanic, really give Puzzles and Dragons a try. I think it's a fantastic uh, yeah. way to go a little deeper on that mechanic. Hmm. So what else have you been playing, man? Um, probably a, a lot more than we can discuss in the time we have, <laughs> but I did want to bring up Firewatch, which I also recently Ooh, played. Ooh, dude, yeah, yeah. Firewatch. Yeah. How was it? How is so it? So that's another game that had, you know, a pretty, like, intense hype cycle, you know, like, yeah. or, I mean, just, like, because it's kind of fronted by indie darlings of, like, of the ga- video gaming world, like, totally. you know, people who were behind uh, The Walking Dead first season and so good. Mark of the Ninja and, like, a few other games. Oh, I like, still haven't played Mark of the Ninja. I oh, it's good. Yeah. I like it. It's a re- very highly recommended um, but yeah, it's like, so it's people who are like, you know, uh, have like a pretty, already pretty big following. So they also like a lot of people uh, behind the Isle Thumbs podcast, which is like a oh, big, right. uh, pretty popular video games podcast. Nice. Um, <clears throat> and the art is really awesome. It's by Ali Moss, who like, he's, he got pretty popular for doing a lot of uh, really awesome looking movie posters, like his interpretation interpretation of movie posters. Oh, sweet. That's always so, fun. And he's like a great artist. So nice. the art is, is great. It's fantastic yeah. art. And... I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, some of the interesting points about it were it was another game that my wife really enjoyed. So that's always important for me. Good. Because, you know, like, you know, at a certain point, you can't just play something like Destiny all the time because it's not a game that other people would like to watch. Totally. <laughs> and I like uh, having living room be a more inclusive place. Yeah. So, and, and it, Firewatch is absolutely that. Like, um, it's a very narrative-heavy game. You you basically uh, are going through a plot, a narrative. Like it, it, there's a lot of similarities with reading a book or watching a movie. Like in terms of how uh, you're progressing through the game, there aren't like too many mechanical challenges. They're just there oh, to really? kind of yeah, they're there to kind of like occupy you as you kind of as you uncover certain things. Like there are ways that like what you do changes how the narrative is delivered. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting system because you you're walking around and then like you might. Uh, see something interesting and you can and you're you're basically playing the, the this character who is a, a fire watcher who's like a part-time yeah, employee park, park ranger right? park ranger basically he has to go to this national park in wyoming to um and work there for the summer to check to see whether there are fires happening if they do there are he calls them in and his boss is um basically they they, they live in these little cabins and she's living in a cabin just a few like a few miles away you can see on the horizon which is really neat but you never actually meet her hmm. you only just uh, talk to each other over uh, radio okay. like a two-way radio and you kind of go on little kind of fetch quest questy missions to do certain tasks throughout the game but you're always in conversation with each other so you can you can kind of see something interesting and then you're like there's, a op- there's an option to bring out your radio and say something about it to the to the uh the woman that you're uh, communicating with for most of the game nice so and then also you could not really you can also not really talk to her that much if you want to like you can kind of like be more solitary and kind of only answer like 
the most important yeah you. the pro- most important prompts but sometimes she's a problem you can you could also just ignore her too wow so like you a lot of it, yeah a lot of it is, hermit, i guess you don't yeah, have to be a dick like, but more a solitary player and a lot of the um the the way the narrative uh progresses is up to how you how much you want to like get into it in, in, as the player which is which is interesting because you could go more as a solitary yeah like have you tried both i hear it's a pretty short game so have you tried like um like I haven't yet to the extremes of yeah i haven't tried playing through okay. extremes like uh, we, we played like through once and then a little and like by halfway through again just like because the beginning has a couple of like forking narratives that you can change which are pretty fun like it has cool. kind of like a text-based story that like a backstory which is really uh enchanting actually where nice. you're uh it's describing a lot of the events led up to you going to work in the in the park so like you have this wife that there's a, a bit of a tragic turn with her and that's kind of like the the reasoning behind you going to take this job so there's a little bit of of explaining kind of like living out that life really quickly it reminds mm. me a lot of the beginning of up oh yeah, up, yeah, yeah where like it has this like very short but very whole like life very poignant in, in montage <laughs> um yeah. kind of yeah life montage and this kind of does that but through text and wow. like you know it's really neat and then you kind of show up to the park and you so you it kind of like loads you up with this narrative baggage that you can then that you then bring into um, a lot of the conversations you have Sweet. in the game, and the writing I think is really great. It's like some of the best writing, you know, of of any of any game of this type of this kind of like kind of ambient. Um, some call it walking simulator, kind mm-hmm. of like narrative delivery mechanism game. I guess your narrative has to be tight. If you're Absolutely, in that yeah. Category. And, I, and I, it's kind of one of the things that's yeah. made me most nervous to actually play the game. Sure. Because yeah, you know, I ha- I've done my best to keep away from the context of like the relationships yeah. in the game mm-hmm. to like give me to, naturally so, so yeah, it's not spoiled yeah, yeah, yeah. too much um but i also have read a lot of that in reviews where it's like so this is essentially like a really good walking like a very good walking simulator yeah and i hate the term i don't like it either because yeah. it's, it's already trying to be negative and yeah like it's very on the cynical cynical um, yeah but description of it but also like knowing myself um oh god with the weird exception of the witness which we'll talk about soon mm. like I eventually will tire of, of that. I need some sort of uh, tangible mechanic. Mm. Um, and are there things That's that you can do in the game as the player, like pick up trash and like, I mean, sure, what do yeah. you do as a park ranger? Um, right? Like, are yeah. there fires that you fight or or like, I guess not fire most, fight, you just yeah. fire watch. Yeah, yeah. Most, so, of the, most of the mechanics are surrounding the, the traversal of the game. So like, uh, you'll... you'll the Delilah, the woman in the tower who you talk to, will tell you to like go to, um, to like in the one of the main early scenarios is you go. There are teenagers setting off fireworks, and you have to go like and tell them to cut it out because obviously in a park that's very susceptible yeah, to fire, crazy. it's a very bad idea. You know, so these you, teenagers you know, are dumb, man. So you have to like get to them, and and that involves a whole process of figuring out how to like um, how to belay down walls. Like you, there's a little bit of rope pli- rope climbing that happens in the game. Like, nice. cause it's very like, you know, it's a Canyon with a lot of verticality. So like a lot of places are impassable until you kind of tie ropes to like a little, uh, kind of far cry esque like, you know, um, pole at the top that you could then, then allows you to like get to that new area. So like areas open up in the park as you kind of almost unlock uh, new abilities to traverse. And yeah, so the, the game is really, um, walking and talking you know you, you need to get to a point and while you do it there's a lot of conversation that happens yep. the whole way and then you know certain mysteries unwrap and like unravel and like the your relationship changes as as the game goes on and um it's a short game so like i think that it's it needs to be a short game and i also really really like that it's a short game and like i I'm I'm, a, I'm like I'm like a short game fan. I know all right the way. now it's starting to become more of a thing, man. Yeah, <laughs> In our lives absolutely like, we need shorter games. I, yeah, the short the shorter the better. Like I'm like, you know, like Witness is a good example. <laughs> you know, like I, if, like it's interesting that you um, posed Firewatch as like the problem being you can't have a narrative that goes on too long without yeah. the mechanics. And I feel like I can't have mechanics that go on too long without, without a narrative. narrative. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that, that that was kind of like yeah something that we'll the talk witness. about with Witness, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a time limit on this on these kind of interactions where yeah. it's like you you don't want to, um, you know, it's like there's a reason why movies aren't ten hours long. That's true. You know, you're, you're like this when it, when you're re- being fed a story, you don't want to have to take too many breaks either. Like it, it, Firewatch is a game that you technically could play in one sitting. In sitting it's yeah. about five hours, a little yeah, under five hours, um, and even two sittings is fine too. Yeah. Like so, it's like not you know it, it's a long it's longer than a movie, but it's like very it's a very like 
you know, bite-sized experience as far mm-hmm. as video games go. So, yeah. like, um, I think that was good for, good for that type of game. And I, I, and I really like this genre of games and this style of games and this delivery Sweet. mechanism because it's like, you know, you can't... You, the, there's a there's certain fatigue you get with like game you know playing games like the division where it's like yeah. you play and you're like yep i know what's gonna happen yeah. in this game Next like 30 you know, hours is like, this. yeah it's like there's a certain almost um uh there's a certain i guess i would say like um capitulation mm-hmm. that you you, do, you have as a gamer where yeah. you're just like you have to resign yourself to yeah it. you resign yourself to the experience being like mostly violent mostly um kind of not as introspective and just like it's a it's a style of game for people who don't play those kinds of games hmm. like or play normal like hardcore core game games like yeah. will appreciate and there's a reason for that like hardcore core games are do require that capitulation a lot of the time you yeah. know we were talking about with Bloodborne where it's like you know this you is a game that has a lot dying. of a lot of merit but for a lot of people like you know the the wall that it puts up in front of you can be like just impassable you know at a certain point where you just like don't feel the need to to try and tackle those problems totally yeah but totally. i recommend it you know yeah I, th- I think it's a it's a very neat experience and i think especially as you said like that you you and your wife can play it together i think it's something that i'll definitely download to play with my fiance because like we started until dawn mm-hmm. and just as you were saying before like even within the genre of these kind of like making critical decisions or like walk like narrative based game basically yeah. like we i already it's we're only like two or three hours in yeah and i'm already like this is probably going to be like a 15 20 hour game just to like get like the pace that uh-huh, we're playing uh-huh. just to get to the end of our playthrough yeah and probably have everybody dead because we're gonna make all the wrong choices it'll be glorious the whole it'll way be through glorious the whole way through and i'll probably <laughs> never play it again because yeah. i'll be like no. that's enough yeah that that story is canon yeah the first place so we started we started on but she's far. enjoying it uh yeah so far i mean like we the the thing about us is like jess loves horror jess loves certain horror movies yeah that don't actually like have real psychological horror Uh like jump scare horror monster Uh horror is totally fine yeah um so it's kind of perfect because like it's the type of horror that she finds palatable already Mm. and i think she's getting a really big kick because she's never played any game where it's like the butterfly effect like something that you do now will come back to bite you and Mm -hmm. she as a non-video game player she's kind of like loving that she's like oh oh oh, like do this oh go for the kiss oh go and i'm like sitting there like having played heavy rain having played you know indigo (laughs) walking dead having played walking dead chapter one i'm like these are fine it's fine yeah like this is a good fine and i'm i'm more just really happy that she's playing with me yeah i'm really just happy to like (laughs) have her sit in front of a video game with me and enjoy it and it's fun because you also learn a lot as somebody who plays a lot of games like to play with somebody who doesn't because you're just like you know there are assumptions you make that you know are end up being totally wrong if the person playing it hasn't made those assumptions like 100 times before it's true yeah so yeah even just walking around in a three-dimensional space like and mapping it out in your mind like are things that don't come naturally to most people they do not it's pretty crazy (laughs) yeah so I think maybe for the sake of time, let's just jump right into sure. our let's jump right into the witness. So yes. um, the yeah. witness by Jonathan Blow, mm. uh, a five year long project at this point that he's been working on seven maybe year seven long? yeah seven it's year been long, a long project process. Jonathan yeah. Blow who created Braid, which was maybe one of the first like major indie video game successes, mm-hmm. um, and also was something something of like a pioneer in terms of like the meta narrative mm-hmm. and like subverting a lot of the tropes and the. Um, the sort of assumptions that a game player would have going into it. So Braid very much felt and looked like a 2D Mario type game, mm-hmm. but very famously, as you go further and further into the plot of the game or into the, the progression of the game, you're chasing this girlfriend or this princess, essentially mm-hmm. the trope of the princess. And we learn by the end of Braid that there's this massive subversion that the princess does not want to be saved, and she's mm-hmm. been trying to get away from you. This you're like a stalker you're character, this, like, terrible yeah. stalker character. Yeah. Which was a great, it was a fantastic oh, yeah. subversion. It's something that still feels incredibly, sadly, incredibly poignant as, mm-hmm. like, the virulent nature of this fucking, like, anti-female movement in, mm-hmm. like, the games community gets even more raucous and terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, in the same, you know, month that uh, Zoe Quinn is, like, announcing that she's basically just, like, settling and moving on with this shit and she's going to drop the cases mm-hmm. uh, against her uh, ex-boyfriend or whoever it was that's been harassing her and started this whole Gamergate bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um so it's interesting so yeah. this creator who's making these subversive games or a subversive game like Braid spends all of his money and the last seven years because he made a bunch of money on Braid mm-hmm. pours it all into this crazy project called The Witness mm-hmm. and The Witness is 
this like it reminded me a lot of mist there are definitely from the 90s like similarities, yeah. you basically just wake up on an eye or like you you start the game in that weird tunnel hmm. light at the end of the tunnel from our twitch check it out <laughs> um and then you're on this crazy island full of these electronic touch screens i guess that are yeah. all these weird variations and maze puzzles yes yeah some of them yeah. when solved affect the environment some of them don't really seem to do anything <laughs> yeah and then they kind of seem to um culminate in a sort of uh mountaintop <laughs> like yes. a laser uh epiphany yeah i'm not sure how far along you've made it up uh, in through the game at, by the i've time walked to the mountaintop you've been to the mountaintop yeah i've been to the mountain i've been to the mountaintop my brothers I've I, been. I only had three lasers though so <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't really uncover the word of whatever the blow lord yeah <laughs> um yeah but i think i mean it's going to be an interesting game to talk about i think because mm. in a lot of ways i still think that Jonathan Blow's work of subverting the genre mm -hmm. or the tropes of video games, I think they're still very much at play in this game. Mm -hmm. So we're a podcast that tries to deconstruct games, and there are so many game-like things happening in The Witness, but to me, my experience meta um, of playing The Experience, uh, playing The Witness, has felt less like a video game than a lot of games that I've played before hmm. and i'm really enjoying it's interesting yeah um it does not it feels like it sets a lot of things up to look and feel like a video game but to be perfectly honest the thing that i'm the experience the, the most clean way that i can succinctly sum up how i feel about doing the witness because i'm doing something mm -hmm. sort performing of play, it. performing the witness <laughs> yeah. witnessing the witness is that it feels like a labyrinth and I don't mean the, like, Minotaur's Labyrinth. I mean, like, one of those meditation labyrinths. So there's this tradition of, like, essentially cutting a single path, spiralized, like, ma maze. It's not a maze. There's not multiple paths, but a long path that snakes in and in and in on itself. Mm -hmm. So it starts at, like, a, an entry point and then, like, is mm. essentially, like, a beautiful mm. spiral that leads to the center. And they're called labyrinths, and they're used in certain walking meditation practices mm. where you you know you're just following a line, but by following that line, by walking it, it puts it can help you achieve, uh, it can help you empty the sort of conscious thoughts that often cloud up the experience of um, active mind meditation. Yeah. So that's interesting. I actually that reminds me. I I, I, I didn't think to to write it down for talking about the podcast, but. Darius Kazemi, who is a game designer, coder, um, does a lot of t uh, Twitter bots, um, really enjoyed The Witness, and he brought up that, that maze thing as oh, well, cool. actually. He wrote, okay. he wrote a short um, essay about it where he was just talking about The, witness, uh, the Witness's uh, capacities as a meditative experience. Yeah, yeah. okay, I definitely want to read that. Yeah, put it in the show notes for sure. It's been, it's been really interesting for me because I, um, much to the chagrin of Tavit from like three years ago, mm -hmm. um, just because like I feel like I'm, I'm a totally different. I have a, my relationship with Jess and her explorations of like yoga and meditation and wellness have really inspired me. Mm -hmm. And I've started a meditation practice, mm -hmm. um, and I've been at it daily now for four or five weeks, which is about the time that we've been playing the witness. So sure. shortly before we started the witness, I began exploring the ideas of meditation and the practice of meditation, and what I've found is that the witness has been a perfect companion to my initial explorations of meditation in my own life mm -hmm. because a lot of what i'm finding in the witness is that i'm i'm having to like let go of a lot of the active expectations that i hold and by doing so by like kind of emptying my expectations mind like i'm finding a really beautiful um really thought-provoking and thoughtful place mm -hmm. uh, that feels very different than the spaces that most video games set up for me. Mm -hmm. Which still, those other spaces satisfy me sure. and satisfy very different parts of me. Yeah. The parts that need to achieve, <laughs> the parts that need to like grow stronger and like find things. And like this, this game has just like put me happily in a place where I've had sessions. Like last night when I played... I played it and I didn't solve a single puzzle panel mm -hmm. and I had a wonderful time. Interesting. And I, I 
it it actively requires my attention to like put my expectations back down yeah yeah but once i can do that for myself the witness is just this like really beautiful and personal space where Mm -hmm. it's mine now like i feel like i feel like i own that island yeah in a lot of ways i'm not just like witnessing it i'm building it in a lot of ways like i'm putting myself into it it makes me think of um david o'reilly's mountain game Mm. that he released uh, maybe two years ago Mm -hmm. that was upset a lot of gamers sure (laughs) but yeah it was like a uh mostly called it a game yeah it was a mobile game that came out on yeah on a couple of devices that had you kind of almost like having a mountain terrarium it was a small uh mountain floating in space and over time like there would be little objects crashing into it and changing the features of its face and then it would like spit out words too like yeah different like algorithmically derived like um sentence strings would come out every now and then they're kind of like quasi hippie philosophical and then you could also like play little piano notes um that that he would like tease did something but actually didn't actually do anything (laughs) way to go dude um but yeah no it's like i'm ranting a lot of it because it's like a game where like you can't have expectations that it's going to satisfy a a kind of any kind of exploratory or conquering um desire you have for it you have to really take it for what it is and yeah i mean there's something like um something that i've struggled with playing playing the game it's funny when you when you talk about you know going through a a session and and not solving uh puzzle boards and then i've had the experience but it just makes me very upset sure (laughs) which is like something that makes sense that it that's nothing that there's no detraction yeah like against you for i mean you fuck yeah you'd be upset because you like didn't solve a thing and that's that's some of it's the pressure of like you know wanting to get some progress in it before we do the podcast you know i was like mm. I, I should I, you know i should at least you know try and discover most of these spaces at least get some puzzle get some uh way through into it and also like earlier when we were talking about it um you were just saying like you know if, if you ran into a puzzle you'd, you'd go somewhere else yeah if i couldn't um, solve a puzzle i'd just go for it yeah and that's definitely something that's like really it's something that I, that i had trouble with you know where i'll i'll see a puzzle and i'll be like well i solved the first panel I should be able to like logically progress through this puzzle because it's like, you know, it's supposed to be building off of the knowledge yeah. that you acquire from earlier panels. Yeah. But they they have a lot more of a kind of a, there's a there's almost an illogic and a, a, to the game where it's like you need to just come back later and maybe you'll solve maybe you won't. Maybe you won't. Maybe you and won't. honestly some puzzles <laughs> don't do a damn thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm finding that there's a whole secondary class of puzzles that yeah. are hidden around the environment uh-huh. that do nothing but basically light up symbols on those weird black obelisks okay yeah and that i've completely filled one of them mm-hmm. and nothing has happened yeah it does nothing sure I, it's just can, for your own measure. personal satisfaction um, and that's the thing yeah. uh, what i feel like and again in a pretty puerile space it, like i said it was it felt like the space the mental space that i get into when i'm trying to meditate mm-hmm. what i loved about and loving about the witnesses I think I'm learning about myself. I think I'm learning about the way that I look at life by the way that I approach this game thing. Because like there are there are inevitably and we should we should put it right out there. There are many comparisons that need to be made to the Talos principle, mm-hmm. you know, the other game that we played earlier on in last year last yep. year in mm-hmm. our in our podcast because the Talos principle immediately immediately upon i remember the opening salvo of the game immediately has you blinking up into the light exposing your robot hand as you blink it out of like as you like wince out of the light mm-hmm. and then the booming voice of fucking god oh my child i've mm-hmm. made you a garden and filled it with your puzzles mm-hmm. to help you find meaning and don't defy me and i'm being talked down to by the game and by the designer of the space that I'm exploring. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being told my place. And The Witness is the same game, roughly. Like, not there's a lot of difference, but, like, it's that same idea. But no voice telling mm-hmm. me what meaning I'm supposed to derive. What imagery I'm meant to compare this experience to. There are mm-hmm. no, like... There's nothing so concrete beyond the unified aesthetic of the space itself 
that tells me what to do with it or consume about it that I've been left wondering about the meaning of the witness the way that I find myself wondering about the meaning of life mm -hmm. in my quietest moments to myself. Hmm. And I love that. I love that it's able to bring me to that space of wonderment without needing to know an answer. Like, I'm an atheist, and I, I've been really hardline about it sometimes, and I've been really agnostic about it at times, and I think that this game is meant for me in that way, hmm. where it's like, yeah, you're going to find some like audio recordings around the island. Some of them are biblical quotes. Some of them are scientific quotes, talking about the scientific method. Some of them are about dogma. Some of them are about chance. Some of them are about perspective and observation. And all of those are thematics that are explored in the game. But like, they're all just they're all just themes, and they're all just ways of looking at the experience. And I don't think any of them are actually like required to like beat or progress. Doesn't seem that way. It's just there. Yeah. Same goes for the statues. Yeah. Which are the game is full of seems like people frozen in certain states of um, either uh, interaction with each other yep. or uh, some kind of internal uh, discussion or dilemma that they're having with themselves, and they kind of it's almost like kind of a, it feels very much like a like almost like plays, <laughs> kind of miniature plays that have yeah. been interrupted and frozen in time mise-en-scenes like set absolutely scenes. Yeah, yeah like they're kind totally. of just like there's actually a pretty funny video by this uh site zam which is like a new kind of game criticism site where they they're kind of make their own interpretations of what the different statues mean yeah they're pretty fun like just because they're there's a lot of like a lot of the fun ones that have been like you know made fun of online like the uh the artist with his laptop and his chisel yeah and kind of just like uh or also almost feels like too on the nose, and yeah. then other ones that are way more hard, difficult to mm -hmm. like interpret. Um, there's also the the one of the guy with the apple, like trying to grab the yeah. apple, yeah. and then like, and that's a funny one because uh, it's hard to describe. But basically, like if you like, he's being he has the sun shining directly in that window, and if you look behind him, there's like a shadow of him actually holding the yeah, apple. Him actually holding the apple. Um, or like when I don't know yeah. if you've seen the the guy who's looking up into the sky with his arms open he's facing the windmill mm -hmm. he's in that yeah, first yeah, yeah. city and he's like looking up as if like why has the lord forsaken me yeah and then just last night in my session where i didn't solve a single puzzle mm -hmm. i happened to slow down as i was walking towards the uh windmill instead of away from it like yeah i was walking behind that guy looking up to the sky and for the first time ever i happened to notice on the ground in front of him were four stones and so the shadow that he cast made him look like a juggler mm. and basically from the front he looks like someone who's looking up in despair and from behind he looks like he's someone who's just juggling and having a great time yeah and those types of like you know it's like shadow play shadow <laughs> yeah. play and the, the binaries that it sets up and again the way that like one website can can interpret all of those statues and tell stories and like mystery science theater them or whatever mm -hmm. And that someone else can have a disagreement and that the game itself is not telling you that mm -hmm. there is any shade or category or zone of a right answer. It's just there. Yeah. To me, that's why this game really grabbed me more than the Talos Principle. It might be because I'm the type of person that has a has a function in my brain that doesn't want to be told that there's a meaning right like mm. that doesn't want to be told that there's a single simple answer mm -hmm. that there's a creator like and look in the game in the witness there's a creator sure. there's a couple of puzzle sequences that open up a physical gate like a fence gate and you walk into it and it looks like a beautiful work like open air workspace it's, it's behind the windmill mm -hmm. and that windmill i don't know if you've dug around underneath it that windmill is a very significant space in yeah. the witness mm -hmm. there's a secret uh movie theater in the basement of yeah it i saw that, that plays yeah. those clips of like real video mm -hmm. that like actually like has like any semblance of a connection with our the player's world mm -hmm. because there's like just weird documentary clips and people talking about faith and people talk like you find the patterns that will unlock the movie reels to yeah. play yeah and they're all of varying lengths from like four minutes to like 19 minutes i've really a few that i've unlocked there's <laughs> apparently a 50 minute long one wow uh, and there's some apparently there's also some puzzle that's solved by watching it or doing something yeah. at a certain frame yeah. in it whatever huh. so look like it's a game that somehow 
has motivated me away from looking up answers mm-hmm. and motivated me away from giving a shit what other people think about it. Yeah. Even as a game critic. I'm like, just having a time. I'm mm-hmm. just, I like, I feel weird. This is so weird to say. Like, I feel grateful when I'm, when I am in the mind state that wants to play the witness. Because I don't always play the witness. Sure. I, I'm, I'm like deep into playing the Witcher as well. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't find a more different game, right? Different. Like, yeah. the witness is ginormous, seemingly endless combat possibilities. Sure, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but like, there is a mind state that I achieve mm-hmm. that wants the witness. And when I'm there, mm. I feel grateful that there is such a... Um, that such a space has been created. Mm. Like, they always talk about, like, billionaire eccentrics, like, creating, like, their own little islands or whatever. Like, res- sure. like make yeah. a mon- bunch of money and go and create, like, your, like, haven or whatever. Yeah. Or the way that we see Dubai being, like, carved up into sure. these, like, mini kingdoms that yeah. are, like, architected around, like, the maker's desire. Like, this is the digital version of that. Like, John Blow has, like, created his own little... Not only, like, a... It's not a utopia. It's, like, a... It's it's like a we it's somewhere between like it's like a philosophical time capsule in a lot of ways and you go to it and you just get to like be in yourself. That's, I seem like the kind of place where like Jonathan Blow wants to hang out. Yeah, like you yeah. know that's like, like that you're like kind of it's almost like a a future episode of Cribs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where well, it's like you know cribs, welcome to you. my mind crib just... <laughs> and that's like what it is and you're entering his space like he's. Clearly, somebody who's very invested in meditation, who's yeah. very invested in a lot of Eastern philosophies. So. Um, you know, there's that kind of whole temple that you visit in the game, and yeah, like it's it feels very his his signature and his imprint are very clear in Absolutely. the game. You know? It's an auteur's piece. He's an auteur, which I mean, it could only be because it's a game that he wanted to make without any limitations or any um, external externalities, like kind of defining his creative process. Yeah, and that that totally happened. Yeah, I think for me, like, yeah, I, I might just at this point not necessarily be in in that space, and I think it is a very personal experience that that you, you're describing, which sounds yeah. it's very interesting to me to hear, like, and I I can see a lot of like, um, what might bring you to to that to that moment, yeah, and it's just like, um, I think that it's it's hard to disentangle my experience with, um, what what I think the game expects, how I'm um or or like yeah like what what expects of me mm. you know as a as a player because because you know like as like puzzle games are are there to be solved yeah. essentially totally but then you know what we were saying is it's very true it's like a puzzle game that's also very in some ways nihilistic mm-hmm. uh, like we talked about a little bit with bloodborne the souls games where it's like it, the creators who are like they 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 act like they couldn't really care less whether you get yeah. to the end or not and they're just yeah. like this is my thing and you know either you know you solve it and that's cool or you don't. Or you and then, don't. And, and that's cool too. Tell's principle is definitely a game where it's like you should solve, you this, have to game, solve this game. You know, and I can see that pressure like and it keeps being, on being like, go, yeah. there's an end, there's a yeah. tower, don't climb it, don't climb it. But I mean, in in that sense, it, it yeah, it's more more of a Tell's principle is more of a traditional traditional game and more of a game. I think the puzzles in it, in it are more just like straightforwardly satisfying. I think in yeah. terms of like you know like there's a sequence. Like I was playing. A little bit of the DLC uh, the past few days, just to kind of remember how the talismans well played, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, like sometimes you get stuck, but for the most part, you know, you're gonna clear an area yeah. like after a certain period of time. Like it's not necessarily going to like um, have you needing to take a break or go for a walk or something. It's like yeah. you know, um, it's, it feels more like kind of uh, whittling away at at like a designed um, thing until you kind of find the right lines yeah. to to spatially solve it. And I think maybe. I'm just like a spatial person. I really enjoy like um, those relationships, and like there's a little bit of that in the witness. And those are probably the puzzles I, I yeah, get like the fastest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's the one where the, all the tree branches, yeah. shadows, like, yeah. and I was like, just rip through that whole nice, puzzle. Right? It was really fun to, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, this is what I want. And then it was like, whenever I don't get that, I get really anxious. Totally. And I've actually like, yeah, I've had moments where I'm like, all right, let's play some witness, and then I'll like just hit a wall and just like feel very anxious yeah. it's very interesting i mean it's you know you could you could paint it as like an internalized like issue but it's also just like sometimes the incompatibility incompatibility yeah, 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 exactly that and, can, and i think it exists if if anything that i'm saying is is true if any 
if there's such a thing as truth, but like if if anything that I'm saying has any bearing mm-hmm. on your reality or like if you can relate to it, then if this is certainly a game about like worldview, then it's it's a way about it's it's a it's a game about like the way you approach problems or like mm-hmm. the or like these types of situations. Like it's totally like it says nothing bad about you. It's a different like, yeah. it, or no, it says nothing good about me either. Like mm-hmm. the fact is like I have to go to like a place where I'm actively putting my expectations of what a game is mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. then i find enjoyment you know and that's that's uh that's an active that's where you find the it's the benefit and that's yeah. what, that's like that's the benefit in your eyes yeah, there of was that, of there, that experience there were moments throughout the game early on when i first downloaded it i first started playing it i like immediately retraced our steps mm-hmm because we started the game together I was like oh let me just go knock those puzzles out yeah, right now yeah. and I got to the sun temple where we had gotten stuck before mm-hmm. we right at the end of our twitch stream yeah. and I got all the way down and I plumbed the depths and I made it all the way down I solved all the puzzles because I was I had our momentum basically and I solved them all and I got the first laser lit and then I went to some other area and I just like got stuck and mm-hmm. then that was that moment this was like you know three four days into playing it myself and I was like I could I could at this point, form the habit for myself to keep banging my head against the wall on this set of puzzles, mm-hmm. or I can just walk away. Mm-hmm. And that's been, like, the saving grace for me. Yeah. It's just, like... Because, weirdly enough, I'm still... It's a small island, but I'm still discovering new places. Sure. I've got, like, five or six lasers lit mm-hmm. to the thing, to the mountaintop. I know I'm not done yet. There's, like, probably at least a hundred environmental puzzles mm-hmm. at least if not more mm-hmm. that are not even on puzzle panels that sure. are like finding in nature that are lighting up those obelisks those black obelisks mm-hmm. so like there's a whole other game under the surface and that's yeah. again something that you know the thing I think that I'm really loving mechanically the most not even philosophically or meditatively it's a game that has many many like keys in a lot of ways like a lot of other games but the keys aren't objects and that's really big to me like the keys are kind of knowledge like the game teaches you a puzzle system or a shape and then my brain and my eyes cannot help but see that shape everywhere mm. so that when i went back last night again actually no the one puzzle i did solve last night i went back all the way back to the tunnel i went all the way back to the starting area of the game and i was like i know i missed something yeah. i had to have missed something yeah. now i know all this shit <laughs> there must be a secret in plain sight that john blow is just now laughing at me because i like took you know 20 hours to come back to you and I went back, all the way back to the tunnel, and lo and behold, the standing at the doorway end of the tunnel, like, after you solve that first puzzle, yeah. looking all the way back down into the blackness of the tunnel, there's a black circle at the end of it, and a line that leads, mm. a line of shadow that leads all the way out. So you start the game in the form of a straight yeah. line puzzle. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, at that point, I was just like... <laughs> I like raised both my hands and I was like, "Oh, I love this game so much!" <laughs> I gosh, because it was the same session where I like saw the statue of the person in despair and realized that he was a juggler. Yeah, it's the same. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that you come at it with a totally. I come at it with a totally different philosophy. Yeah. There, well, because approach. it's also like a place that he was. You know, like a lot of that's the the. I think the benefit of a lot of these smaller games where you have fewer creators working on them yeah um and it's spending a lot of time with them and yeah like uh was it um uh gone home was like a game where they were really explicitly were like we're gonna like make a, a house that yeah and put and put all efforts into like populating this house with like bespoke items and little miniature stories like hidden everywhere house. yeah like make it as much a real house, house as we can yeah. with the with the resources we have and like that's you know i feel like that's a lot of what was happening here in the witness where he's like you know i'm you know this, this island is actually deeper than it is wider yeah, you know like exactly. it's like there's a lot of stuff buried all over the place and it's not you could cross the island really quickly if you yeah. want you know but it's actually um it's just a very dense little thing that you know you're meant to spend a lot of time with yeah and i i personally look forward to continuing to like quote unquote play it mm-hmm. um I yeah I can't I can't wait to start a new game. Weirdly enough, interesting. I can't wait to like. I, what I mean by that is I can't wait to finish playing it, mm-hmm. like light up all the things and 
see what happens when I beat the game, and I'm doing air quotes here for all our listeners at home. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see what happens there because that'll just give me new knowledge, and then I can't wait to start over again because it just will still be there. And I, yeah. I, again, if I can possibly approach it again with that same non-expectations mind, it's just about being there for me. It's just about like, I think that being in that space. the only way that I could see myself enjoying it yeah. you know it's like yeah, not about keep, winning yeah like unless you're like a genius <laughs> then if you approach a game trying to solve things in a way that you would in say Talos principle or portal or any number of like kind of like more straightforward um kind of that have a that have like a linear arc where you're meant to go through the game in without like in a less med- meditative, yeah, meditative mode, mode. Yeah, then exactly. yeah then you then you get that anxiety, you get that frustrate that that player frustration. And I felt the frustration too. It was when we were text messaging, oh, <laughs> but yeah. I was like, "Dude, it's gonna be okay. Like everything's fine. Whenever I get stuck, I just go for a jog. Like, see you, Seth. Like, <laughs> I haven't even solved that weird puzzle with like the light that like the yellow light that starts getting dimmer because it's running out of power. You're like, oh, I solved that, man. It's mad simple. You'll get it. And I literally all that Zen mind shit flew out You're the like, fucking Ugh. window. There was a howl heard in Harlem. I was like, Aroo! It's like I couldn't do it, and like, yeah, yeah, like, look, we're human, right? We want to be moments where we're gonna want to conquer and want to win. We want to codify. We want want to taxonomize. I want to fucking yeah. I want to light all the lights because they all point at the goddamn mountain. I want to see what happens at the goddamn mountain. Ah! But when I can, when I can, look at that, those anxious voices in me, Mm -hmm. and and say, hey, yeah, you're a part of my equation, but like, I'm trying to be here. I'm trying to be Mm -hmm. in the witness right now. That's why it's like when I. When I can get my headspace to the place where it's good for playing the witness, man, that shit is incredible. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's that's our that's time. The witness. <laughs> that's the witness. I witness the witness. So you'd um, recommend it? I would highly recommend it, and I would. <laughs> but highly... with our caveats in mind. Yeah, and the caveat is read the Mind Illuminated by. Uh, it's like this great <laughs> meditation manual that I'm reading right now. It's really really good. And I'll definitely link to the uh, the Darius Kazemi article, which is a really good take on the game and everything we've mentioned before. Yep. Um, yeah. Yo, and uh, shout outs again. Yeah, our good good friend Brian, Brian, old school Brian on Twitter. Like he he made this, this the theme song that keeps us fresh, burbling beats. Yeah. for the masses and energized and energized. Yeah, and we'll uh, catch you all again soon. Yeah.